Come on. It is so good to be with you this morning. My name is Pastor Nick Newman, and I want to say welcome. I do want to give a shout out to our team this morning. Last Sunday, it was super cold in the house, and they worked really hard to make sure it was a little more comfortable today. So can you just thank the team here this morning real quick for me? We're super grateful for them. And hey, I'm really excited because today I've got some friends passing out a Connect card to you. Every single person is going to get one. We are kicking off the 90-day giving challenge. And, and if you want to participate in that, you can do that. If you don't, don't feel any pressure at, at all. We just wanted to make sure you got access to it. And we know it's really easy uh, to come in on a Sunday morning and be like, no, nah, I don't want one of those. But when you do that, you don't realize you're Somebody can't do their job, right? So take one every Sunday from them. Make them feel good. Worst case scenario, you don't fill it out and you drop it back in the basket as you leave. So would love, you've got one of those. We're kicking off that 90-day giving challenge. I'll explain some more about that later. But really the whole purpose of this giving challenge is that in the area of finances, God gives you and I the opportunity and the ability to test him. God says, put me to the test to see that I won't be faithful, that if you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, I will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't even contain. And we believe that that's God's promise for us. And so if God says to test him, we want to create the opportunity for you to do that. And so the giving challenge works like this, that you commit to give over the course of the next 90 days. And at the end of those 90 days, if you feel like God hasn't blessed you, we'll give every dime of it back. And the reason why is because if God gives us the opportunity to test him, it's an opportunity for him to actually reveal his faithfulness to us. And I was talking with somebody the other week, and they were like, Pastor, if, if people only knew that this giving stuff actually worked, they would do it. We, we could trace back to where God began to bless us financially, and it started when we started giving to the church faithfully. And so we're doing this money series, not because the church needs more money, but according to a nonprofit source, this is a website, the average Christian gives 2.5% of their income. And so I was like, okay, that's, that's cool, but that's not my church, right? Like, these people are incredibly generous. And you are. You give generously. And, but I was crunching some numbers because I don't do math, but thank God I own a calculator, right? Come on. Somebody. So I had a calculator and was doing some numbers. And, 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 and roughly there's about 450 people who call Propel Church home. There's probably more than that, but that's, a, that's on the low estimated side because the average person comes to church twice a month. And I could get into all the numbers with you, but I'm not going to do all that. And so we were looking at it, and roughly we have about 150 giving units in our church, and if that's families. And if we have 150 families that call Propel Church home, the average income, what it would work out to be is if everyone gave 10%, those families gave 10%, it would work out to write about a $900,000 a year budget. Now, currently our budget is about 240000 and do you know it came out to 2.48%, right? So it is one of those things where it was super close for us. And so the reason why I wanted to talk today, last week I talked about the purpose of prosperity, which was incredible. If you missed that message, go back and listen to it. We talked about how God's desire for us is to be more blessed financially, not so that we can just have stuff, but you you are blessed to be a blessing. We talked about seeing needs in our community and stepping into those. And last week we got to celebrate the fact that thanks to your generosity, we paid off all the school lunch debt in Mount Pleasant Elementary, Middle, and High School. So that's incredible. 
Today I want to talk to you about the promise of tithing. And the reason why I want to talk to you about the promises of tithing is because it's on my best guess, there's about 70 to 80% of you that are missing out on God's blessing and his favor in the area of your finances. And so I want to talk to you uh, about that today. So the first thing I have for you, maybe you aren't familiar with this term tithing. This is what tithing is. Tithing is giving 10% of your income back to God through the local church. It's giving 10% of your income. That's what a tithe means is 10%. Giving 10% of your income back to God through the local church. And people say, well, why does it come through the local church? Because the local church is God's primary vehicle for advancing his message of hope across the world. You can look at multiple statistics that say church planting and, and the local church is God's way of, of moving his message forward. It's the vehicle, and simply put, vehicles take gas, right? So what God does is God uses his body, his people, to give back to the local church to fund his mission. And some people go, well, pastor, pastor, you know, you can look in the Bible and tithe in the, in the New Testament. I don't know why you talk like that, but you talk like that, right? <laughs> Todd, Todd, in the New Testament. Let me show you Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 42. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and this is what he says. He says, What sorrow awaits you Pharisees? For you are careful to tithe even to the tiniest income from your herb garden. Herb garden. Herbs. 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 Uh, garden. But you ignore justice and the love of God. Look at what Jesus says. You should tithe. Now, he's talking about love and justice and, and how there, there's so many people who are oppressed and poor, and we need to make sure that we put those in priority. But he's looking at a group of Pharisees. This is Jesus talking, and he says, you should tithe. And what's interesting to me is I look at some generations above me, and the generation above me had no problem tithing. My grandparents, like tithing was something that they were taught. They knew it. They understood it. But what they had an issue with was justice and the love of God. And look at how much the pendulum has swung. Because now we live in a generation where people don't have a problem with justice and the love of God. But we do have an issue when it comes to our money. We do have an issue when it comes to tithing. And I think what the enemy does is the enemy will, will grab a foothold wherever he can, and when the pendulum swings, he'll jump to the other side. Right. So we continue reading the passage of Scripture I want to bring to you today. Actually, I'm going I'm to do one thing. I'm going to give you an illustration on tithing first. I'm going to show you how tithing works. So this for a second, this is corn, because we're going to talk about first fruits today and all that. This is corn. This represents God's pile, and then over here is like your pile. So the way money works and the way life works is God owns everything. Turn to somebody and say, God owns everything. God owns everything. But then God says, hey, I want to bless you. Scripture says every good gift comes from God. This series is called Mo Money, and uh, I think money is a good gift. How about you? Right. Money's a good gift. Money's not evil. It's the love of money that's evil. So what God says, this is where God's power was, but God says, hey, I'm going to give you all of this stuff. There's 10 ears of corn right here. The way tithing works is tithing is giving 10% back to God. So it's saying, God, hey, hey, I'm giving back to you what you entrusted me with. This is the whole principle of tithing. Now you can see my pile is larger than God's pile. But here's what we believe, that God has the ability to do way more with my 90 than I could ever do with 100. 
that because God doesn't just have what I give him, God has an endless supply. When I trust God with my first, he blesses the rest. When I trust God and I give back to him through tithing, God doesn't need my money. God wants my heart. And what he knows is every time I hold on to what I have, I actually reveal what my heart desires. So tithing is the opportunity for us to honor God and say, God, thank you for entrusting me with so much. Because you're the one who provides, I'm going to give back to you what you first gave me. This is the principle of tithing. So I'm going to be primarily in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 through 10. And what I'm going to do today, if you brought a Bible with you, you're going to circle, highlight, underline some stuff. If you have your note-taking app in your Bible, figure out how to do that. Because I'm going to walk you through this verse uh, and, and walk you through step-by-step step how I read Scripture and how I look at Scripture to make sure you and I can dissect everything that God's trying to show us in this verse. So if you're with me, say I'm with you. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 through 10, it says this. Throughout the years, God has released great blessing when his children followed him. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So let's go back to the very beginning of verse 9. It says, throughout the years... You can circle that, highlight it, underline it. The really good news about God is that he has been establishing credibility in the area of finances since the foundation of the earth. He's been establishing credibility in the area of tithing since the very beginning. Tithing didn't start when, when we get the law from Moses. Tithing began in Genesis where we see God accept one son's offering in the story of Cain and Abel, and he rejects another. Why did he reject the other? Because it wasn't the first. God's been establishing credibility in the area of finance. And the really cool thing, when I started giving, I was so nervous that I was going to be the anomaly in God's faithfulness. Like that for some reason, I thought, maybe it was based on my circumstance or my situation or the things that had gone on in my life, I thought that God was going to automatically just stop being faithful when it came to me. That I was going to trust him with my first and then he wasn't going to bless the rest. I was going to have to figure out where in the world to get 10 more percent. Right. I, I thought that, the, that this was going to be something that was so incredibly difficult that I was never going to be able to live any other way other than paycheck to paycheck. And what I've learned over the years is I can look back at my finances and realize that throughout the years, God has been so faithful. That throughout the years, God has brought blessing and favor over my finances, over my family, because I took the next step to... Come on, tongue-tied. I'm excited to teach this message on tithing, because if you catch it, you'd experience blessing like never before. Throughout the years, he's been faithful. He's brought favor and blessing. But then it says, God has released great blessing and I want you to underline that word, when. When his children followed him. So if you read the verse backwards, sometimes that's what we have to do to make sure we understand. Because the word when is actually conditional. So God's children followed him. Then God released great blessing. 
So if you read it backwards, right here it reads, God has released great blessing when his children followed him. In order for you and I to receive great blessing, you and I have to follow God. So the first thing I have for you is this, obedience releases blessing. Obedience releases blessing. See, what's next in your life and my life is actually released with the obedience of right now. The things that you and I want, the things that we want to experience, a lot of times when it comes to finances, what we do is we hold on to them so tightly and we go, God, you don't understand my situation. You don't, God's never looked at your situation and gone, man, that's a new one. <laughs> like that happened to him early on. He's just not in that game anymore. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. When he looks at your situation, he knows it. And the thing that you and I forget sometimes is that God has called us to not walk by by sight but by faith. And in order to walk by faith, there's going to be some things that God asks us to do that on the front side don't make any sense, but on the back side we're so grateful that we were following through with what he asked us to do. Obedience is the thing that releases blessing in your life and in my life. In the area of finances, it's so true. But it's not just true in finances. It's true in every area of life. That when God is asking you to do something, it's obedience that brings miracles. It's obedience that we see the miraculous things of God. It's obedience that allows Peter to walk on water after Jesus invites him to get out of the boat. It's obedience that unlocks everything that you and I are looking for and longing for by simply just stepping in and saying yes to God. But sometimes, Hassan, let me get you for a second. Sometimes in the area of finances, what happens, I want to read you a verse. This is what it says in Matthew 18, 18. This is one of my favorite verses when it comes to money. Truly, truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. You can stand right here. Whatever, will be, whatever is loose on earth will be loose in heaven. So here's what happens. So open your hands real quick. So God pours out money. And as he gives us money... Oftentimes what happens is we close our hands and we go, you know what? I got to take care of me. I'm going to provide for my family. I'm going to do my thing. And then if there's leftovers, then I'll talk to God about it. So we, 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 we look at it and we go, you know what? God, thanks for blessing me. Or maybe we don't even believe that God's actually our provider. We talked about that last week. That Most of us get stuck in, well, but I worked really hard for this job, and it's my boss that's really providing for me. It's not. It's just the delivery mechanism of God's favor and blessing. So, so maybe for some of you, you should quit being mad at your boss every week and start thanking God that you actually have a job. You'd actually find some peace in your life. Matthew 18, 18. Whatever's bound on earth will be bound in heaven. So when we close our fist, this is God's jar. God still has plenty left over, but he's not going to pour it out because if he poured it out, you wouldn't even be able to contain it. Because what's bound on earth is bound in heaven. But what's loosed on earth 
is loose in heaven. So when I open my hands and I choose to trust God with what he's given me, when I choose to say, God, because I know everything comes from you and now I want to live open-handed, when God wants to pour out, I'm able to actually receive his blessing and I'm not missing out on what he wants to pour out now. Now I'm in a position of overflow that other people in my life are catching the excess of what God's doing in me. This is how it works, and it's not just a financial principle. So, so I wrote my first book back in December, and I had like seven books that, that I was like, man, you know, which one are you going to finish, man? Like, I've been writing and writing, and I could never finish one. But the one that God laid on my heart to finish was actually a book on preaching. And I was like, God, I've been, look, look, I know you're all knowing and all powerful. I get it. But like, I've been saved for, August will be nine years, and and, and not only that, but like oh, I've been preaching for like eight years and I don't know if I'm the right guy to write a book on preaching, but here's what I realized when I started writing. There were some things that God had deposited in me that I had actually bound up, that I wasn't sharing with anybody, I wasn't open with. And the moment I started opening my hands and I started being willing to give what God had given me was the moment that God continued to pour blessing and favor out so that it didn't just benefit me, but because I'm living open-handed now, he's like, oh, if you're going to be faithful and entrust me with what I've given you, I'm going to be willing to continue to pour out more and more and more because what's bound on earth is bound in heaven. But what you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So if you and I would get in the position where we're open-handed with what God has given us, we're going to experience blessing and favor like never before. You can sit down on the table. Can we give it up for her, son? That's one of the biggest principles I wanted to teach you with finances. That what's bound on earth is bound. And many of us bind what we have currently because we feel like God doesn't have anything left over. But he's got plenty. He's never ran out of money. He's never ran out of supply. And if you'd start being loose with your time on earth, because time isn't promised to us. Uh, Proverbs says, he who refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. So, so a lot of times what happens is when, when, when we start to get tired in life, we just check out of everything. And we go, well, once I get my life in order, I'll start refreshing people again. He who refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. If you started being more open-handed with everything, your time, your talent, your treasure, God would continue to pour out in ways you never thought were possible. So point number one was obedience releases blessing. Number two, God blesses first fruits. God blesses first fruits. Um, a lot of people think tithing doesn't work, and it's not because they're not giving 10%. Because they are, they're giving 10%, but they're doing it at the very end instead of the beginning. So let me take you back to that Proverbs chapter 3 verse. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Throughout the years, God has released blessing when his children followed him. And then it goes into verse 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops. Tithing is not just a 10% principle. It's a first fruits principle. Because first actually communicates priority. So what God has established for you and I, look, look, Jesus talks more about money than he does heaven and hell combined because he knows what fights for the affection of our heart. 
And so when you and I receive our income, when we receive 100%, and we go, okay, look, God, I'll hit you up later. But first, you know, I got a car payment, and I got a mortgage, and my kid has 14 field trips coming up. Come on, y'all know how it goes, right? And we got Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. Come on. Make sure I got internet at the house. Going to shop, we grocery shopping. We're doing Aldi, right? So we're a little more frugal. And I just begin to pay and pay and pay. And then I get to the end and go, there you go, God. Because I covered everything. Like I did all the work. I, I tried to manage my money. I was trying to be a good steward, and God still got a portion, but he didn't get it first. The reason why tithing works is because what happens when you and I understand that God gives all is we go, hey, God, before I do anything else, I want to give you what's rightfully yours. I want to trust you with the first because i got to be honest, more than likely, the rest of my 90 is not going to make sense financially. But when you trust God with the first and you communicate to him that he's top priority, what you're actually revealing is he's the one that has the affection of your heart. So when I pay, here's what I'm saying, and, and you might disagree, it's okay, you can send an email to Will Cochran at Propel.Church. <laughs> every, time, every time I choose to give last to God, what I'm saying is, hey God, my car payment's more important than you. It, scripture's clear to put no other gods before me. But in the area of finances, we do it all the time. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first of all your crops. People get too caught up in finances sometimes. Well, pastor, do I tithe on my, on my gross or my net? Or what do I do about this? Or, or what if you just gave God the first of all your crops? Because let me promise you something. You're never going to be in the position where you outgive God. And if we can't outgive him, it doesn't matter if it's our gross or our net. If we say, God, you brought increase. This is an extra thing. This is something you've given me. I'm going to trust you with my first. What you and I are establishing is priority in our relationship with God. Because we're showing God that we place value on him. That we're honoring him with our wealth. And the truth is, for most of us, when we give God Last, we won't have enough at the end anyways. But when we trust God with the first, he's able to expand and grow because we're not the ones that are in control of our finances anymore. He is. Trusting him matters. I think another reason why first fruits is an incredible principle and why it's the, one of the biggest parts of tithing is because it creates faithfulness and discipline in our walk with God. So, so the word that Jesus uses for his followers is this word called disciple. And the, the root of that, like you, you get this word discipline, not in a negative way, like you're being punished because tithing isn't a punishment. It's not law. It's life. It's, it's meant to bless you. But the discipline is like this. If I tell you I want to be an Olympic athlete, I have to have the discipline to go to the gym and quit, quit eating the smoke pit all the time. Right, like, 
I can't have a barbecue sandwich like I do. <laughs> My barbecue is just good, right? I can't do that anymore because I've got to have discipline to do what I said I want to do. And I think so many followers of Jesus, so many people want to be a disciple but don't want to have the discipline that comes with it. And tithing is what establishes discipline in our finances when it comes to our relationship with God. So it says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first of all your crops. And then it says, then, to circle that word, then, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Third thing is this, God won't release new if you aren't obedient now. God won't release new if you're not obedient now. So let's go back to that Proverbs 3 verse. That word then is super important because it says throughout the years, God's released great blessings. So we can follow this whole train again. I know I've read you the same verse over and over, but my my hope is that you can see how to better read and study scripture for yourself. So we talked about throughout the years, and then God released blessing when, conditional, his children followed him. That's really important. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits, another thing that's really important, uh, of all your crops. And then it says, then, So because his children were following him, God's releasing great blessing. He's blessing them because they're honoring him with their wealth. And because they honor him with their wealth, then God does something. When you and I are faithful with what he's entrusted us with, he brings new things into our life. And for so many of us, what it says is, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. A lot of us look at our finances and we go, God, I need you to do something big. I need you to do something miraculous. And he's like, I would if you'd just be faithful now. Because faithfulness now is what actually releases whatever's next in your walk and in my walk with Christ. It's current obedience that brings us to the place where God trusts us with more. Scripture's clear when it talks about finances too, that if you and I are faithful with little, we will be entrusted with much. Current faithfulness is a predicator for future blessing. If you and I aren't currently faithful, God's like, okay, when they're ready, I want them to know I'm ready. So he says, you've been faithful, you gave your first fruits, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. See, what happens is tithing breaks the curse of barren barns and empty jars. And what happens is it brings you to the place of overflow to where your life and your financial situation begins to actually impact the lives of other people. And I know so many people who are praying for a miracle at the end of the month with their bank account, going, God, if you don't do something, this check's not going to cash. What if you didn't have to live like that? What if you started currently by tithing, by taking this step, by trusting God with your income? Because when you trust God with your first, he blesses the rest. And so we've created this 90-day giving challenge for you to be able to do that, to take that next step. And the only thing that we ask you for this night, a giving challenge that you do is that you indicate that on your connect card that you say, hey, you know, I'm all in. I want to take this challenge. And on top of that, that you would uh, indicate somehow to us 
that you're actually the one giving. So if you do it online, that's easy because you have to put your name in. But if you give in-house, that you'd fill out an envelope. Because if you come to me at the end of 90 days and you go, Pastor, we gave a million dollars and we didn't see God bless you, I'd be like, you lying, right? <laughs> Unless you do want to give a million dollars and I'll talk to you after service, right? <laughs> like We, we got to be able to track it somehow so that we could give it back if, if you needed it. But I'll tell you, I've been doing this for years and I've never had somebody come back and say, I didn't feel like God blessed me because of Malachi chapter three, verse nine and 10. And here's what it says. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Now it says the word bring because it doesn't say give. And we use the word give a lot, but it says bring because I can only bring what doesn't belong to me. So if God is the owner and he's entrusted me with it, I can bring what he's given me, but I can't give it because it's his. But what I can do is I can steal it, which if you go back to verse 7, God says, you've robbed me. You've stolen from me. I tell people like this, tithing just means you quit stealing God's money because it all comes from him. It says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so not 8%, not Nine percent, seven and a half, two and a half. If you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room for you to store it. What if what God had for you in the future was so big that your current situation couldn't contain all of his blessing? That's what God has for us. But it starts with an act of obedience on our part. Then it says this, you won't be able to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. Vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Here's why that's important. Because one of the promises of tithing is that God will protect our finances. That there's protection involved. It doesn't mean that there's nothing ever crazy that comes up or you don't have an expense that pops up. It means that even when those kind of things come against you, when the enemy tries to cause chaos and division in your finances, what you're going to see is God is like, that's my kid, don't mess with him. I will throat kick you in the face. And that's how awesome God is. He not only throat kicks the devil, Scripture says he's crushed under his heel. And the enemy is defeated with our God. So, so I can try and protect my finances, and I can try and build up a great 401k, and I can prep for retirement, and I can make sure that I'm good to go. Or, because I'm not life-proof, I can make sure that I've got God protecting my finances who sees the beginning from the end, who is the alpha and the omega, who knows the first from the last. I can make sure that God is doing and protecting my finances. And so that's one of the blessings that comes with it. And then it says this, then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land. It's interesting that as you and I bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, again, I would love for you to start reading Scripture this way because this is how God writes to us. 
When we bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, he opens up blessing. He prevents the enemy from de destroying what he's given us. And then nations will call you blessed. And as they look at you and they see that you have a delightful land and that you're blessed beyond all imagination, what Scripture teaches us later on is that they're going to end up glorifying our Father in heaven. Because when they come to talk to you and they talk, how did you get so blessed? How did, how did the, your business grow like this? How did your personal finances? I remember years ago, you, you had a credit score of like 200. How in the world are you this blessed now? Well, let me tell you about how good God is. Let me tell you about all that he did for me. And not just what he did for me financially, but let me tell you about the generous heart of God that would choose while we were still sinners to send Jesus to die in our place. That I didn't have to fix it myself, I didn't have to work for it or earn it, but there was a God who loved me so much, not to just bless me financially, but to give me salvation. Because it's not finances that brings peace to my soul, it's Jesus alone. That's the beautiful promise of God. And that's what you and I get to share with people. That the good news of Jesus surpasses everything that we could obtain here on earth. We're not doing this finance series because I just want you to have more money. You know what we really want? More people to meet Jesus. And the truth of our world currently is in order to get people's attention, you have to have influence. And I believe one of the reasons why God wants to bless you financially is to create some influence in your life so that people will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So I'll talk to you a little more about that 90-day giving challenge. Here's the thing. If, if you want to take it, you can. I, I don't ever want you to feel like you're pressured to give money because what I really believe is that God doesn't need your money and the church doesn't need your money either. But when you trust God, when you take that next step, you're going to see that he pours out blessing and favor like never before. So let me pray for us. Every head bowed, every eye closed in the room. There's some people today who you need to begin a relationship with Jesus. Like one of the reasons why Jesus talks about money more than he does heaven and hell combined is because he knows that money oftentimes has the affection of our heart. That money's the thing that we love. Money's the thing that we long for. And we've, we've kind of talked ourselves around it to say, well, money's not really my issue. But when we look at everything that we do in our life, it's really geared for and revolved around money. And money will not save us. Only Jesus, who died in our place, can give us salvation and new life. And so as every head's bowed, every eye's closed in the room, if you'd say, hey, I want to stop trusting in stuff and start trusting in a Savior named Jesus today, would you just lift your hand for a moment and say, that's me. I see those. Here's what we're going to do, church. Nobody prays alone. We all pray together. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.